where we dish out tips and advice from mystical business owners and service providers. You might be asking yourself, what is a mystical business owner? Well, if you work as a tarot card reader, astrologer, Reiki healer, intuitive counselor, oracle medium, or any kind of spiritual or mystical art, if that's part of your profession, we're talking about you. My name is Teresa, and my lovely co-host... Hi, everyone. I'm Bree. So Teresa and I have both been self-employed, sacred artists, running our own businesses for decades upon decades. We have some serious time between the two of us in running a business. So we know what goes into running a successful business. We know exactly how much heart, grit, and hustle it takes to get your business afloat and keep things rocking along. And Bree and I do this show together once a month because our mission is to see our fellow mystical artists and sacred artists thrive and succeed. And we also just love talking business and sharing our strategies that we've learned over the years. That's exactly right. So in each episode of Talking Shop, we tackle a different topic. Today's topic is money magic, and it's just in time for tax season. Yay! Thanks so much for tuning in to listen, and let's get this show started. Right on. And, you know, tax, we've had shows before on on taxes and money, and I think this is something that for people who work in any kind of sacred arts, it's kind of a hot, touchy topic, right? Oh, it is. I mean, I think that anyone who's running any kind of business, whether they are self-employed full-time and that's their full-time gig, or, you know, maybe they have a sideline selling stuff on Etsy or, like, offering readings or what have you, taxes are kind of like the third rail, you know, that (laughs) everybody Mm -hmm. is worried about and everyone freaks out about and nobody talks about. And I remember the first couple of years that I I had my business full-time and I remember getting my tax bills and sort of being like whoa why didn't anyone tell me about this you know like why 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 didn't I know that this was coming so I definitely have gone through that anxiety myself and yeah I think whenever we have money shows money magic shows tax shows on Talking Shop, like, we have a ton of listeners because this is a hot topic for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think also, you know, my husband's an artist, and I think artists and people who work in, like, metaphysical things, oftentimes they really struggle with the whole concept around money. And what I'm talking about is sometimes they feel that, you know, they feel guilty charging for their work, or they deal with people saying that this is a gift and, you know, why are you charging for it? I think mystical business owners oftentimes have a lot of issues around charging what they're worth. You know, there's a lot of loaded energy around money when it comes to people who work in any kind of creative or spiritual career. So what I'd like to start off by talking about is prosperity and poverty consciousness. You know, Bree, do you yeah. feel that there is such a thing? And if so, how do you feel it impacts your business? You know, I definitely do, and I think that the impacts in a lot of cases are really direct. Like something that I have heard when I have had students that have been professional sacred artists or wanting to go in that direction, I have actually heard numerous people say, well, I am afraid that if I make X amount of money, I am going to have to pay taxes. You know, or I'm afraid of what will happen to my taxes. And so, I mean, that right out the gate is a really limiting way to think about your earning capacity, to think about your income, you know, like not wanting to make money, not wanting to call in prosperity because you're afraid that you have to pay taxes. I mean, that is something that I have heard from numerous people. And so that right there to me is kind of like ground zero for some of the challenges that that we see when it comes to a prosperity consciousness versus a poverty consciousness. And, you know, what people I think are really asking for in a situation like that is I don't know how to 
manage money and I don't know I don't know who what resources I would need to call on to help me with things like taxes that are really scary you know if you have a normal job you know your withholdings are taken out for you in most cases and so you know you don't have to think about things like estimated payments whereas if you're self-employed you really do and so I think that that is is one place but then you know I also think that that there is pervasive in our spiritual communities and our sacred arts communities there is a lot of confusion about value and worth and money and there is a lot of guilt even from practitioners about accepting money or charging money Mm -hmm. for whatever it is that they're doing and then and then when they're not charging money or they're not charging as much as they should be they start to get really resentful right as anyone would and so it becomes this really funky cycle um, that is, I think it's just bad vibes and not really helpful. And you also see this, like, influencing areas like theft. Like, I know, Teresa, that, you know, you have had to deal with people just outright stealing, like, your web copy, you know. And that also, to me, is coming from a poverty mindset where it's like mm-hmm. there's not enough clients or there's not enough potential customers or there's not a big enough audience. And so I can't be myself. I have to steal from someone else who is successful um, because there's not enough resources to go around. And I think that is so damaging, not just to your business, but also to your relationships, your colleagues, Mm -hmm. you know. What about you? What's your thought on it? Well, you know, I think poverty consciousness and prosperity consciousness, this is deep stuff that goes way back to before you even began your work. You know, a lot of times I think people have these negative money mindsets that, you know, they might develop because of, like, their upbringing. You know, for example, I grew up in a family where there wasn't a lot of money, and whatever money came in, my parents tended to be pretty irresponsible with it. So there's a lot of loaded energy around around that, and that's stuff that I had to really work at changing. I had to make sure that I did not follow the same habits or the same beliefs that my parents had about money. So I think a lot of times these money scarcity things, it goes so incredibly deep. And you have to examine where where the root is of the problem. Because once you go to the root and you start really healing that, that's when you can start replacing that kind of negative energy with you know, a better outlook or better habits that can really support you becoming prosperous and successful. And I also really agree with you on what you say about people sometimes, you know, feeling like they have to steal things. Uh, that it does come from a place of scarcity. It comes from that whole mm-hmm. vibe like there's not enough. And one of the things I always like to say is there are billions of people in the world, and I can't serve them all. So I always like to remind peers who are feeling that there are so many people out there looking for readers, and they may not like me. They might not dig my work, and I can't serve them all. You know, and when you start to adjust your mindset around that, that really changes things. Now, I'll also say living with an artist, you know, I can tell you him, and I've always spent time in my life with musicians and artists. You know, I also have to say I've never hung out with with normal people. I've only dated musicians, (laughs) and I would probably say all of them except maybe one had terrible attitudes about money about, you know, mm-hmm. um, not thinking, you know, that, that this is something that they should be paid for. Or, or a lot of times they've come into situations where people don't want to pay them. Okay, so here's another side of the coin that really reinforces poverty consciousness. When you have people telling you that your work is a gift or that here, if your band will play at this event, we're not going to pay you, but it's going to be exposure, you know, these are things that also reinforce it. So I, I do think poverty consciousness is real. I think it's deeply rooted. I think there are things in your adult life that oftentimes support it when you are involved in the sacred arts or any arts for that matter, and really moving beyond that and into thinking prosperity requires a tremendous amount of inner work as well as outer work. And, you know, it's so funny, when I was a kid growing up, um, the way I did without a lot of money, uh, I always thought deep in my head that this isn't the way it's going to be for me. I'm not going to be like mm. this. You know, I'm not going to be like these people. And I remember always, like, 
hoping and praying and thinking positive about money as a little kid and just, you know, when, when other kids said their prayers that I to be good, I was praying for things like better stuff, you know. So I remember <laughs> even at a <laughs> even at a young age wanting to change my circumstances because, you know, I got to tell you what, I didn't dig being poor. I didn't see anything about it that was noble. Oftentimes what it created in our household was a feeling of shame and desperation. And those mm-hmm. are not things that we as mystical entrepreneurs really want to be putting out there for our clients. We certainly don't want them to feel shamed about different things in their life, right? So why should we feel those things about money? Yeah. Yeah. I so agree with that. I really, I really, really do. And, you know, the the mindset piece is really powerful. And I think you're right. I think it goes exactly down to the root of the problem. So, you know, with that in mind, what are some of the things, I mean, you said that you've done work around this. So mm-hmm. what are some of the things that people can do to combat a negative money mindset? Is there anything that you needed to do in order to change your own view about money? Well, you know, one of the things that, um, first of all, it's it, I, I think that this is a really good loaded question. The first thing is, you know, of course, changing the attitude is you have to do a lot of forgiveness work around all that stuff you grew up with. And you have to really find a way to, you know, for example, look at my parents and their irresponsibility. And it's not just enough to say, hey, I'm not going to be like that. But you really have to forgive that. And it really does start with going to that root and forgiving it. And then, you know, really making a conscious decision that from this point forward, I'm going to do things differently. So those are two things that you want to begin right away. The other thing that I'm a huge fan of is I'm a huge fan of Denise Duffield Thomas. She wrote a book mm-hmm. called Lucky Bitch, and she's got another book called Lucky Bitch, or I, I forget the second title for her second book, but she's got a couple books out. Uh, and she's got a wonderful community where she really teaches people about shifting your money mindset. And I think I followed her work. I, I love her work. She teaches a lot about you know positive affirmations or EFT, which is you know the tapping that you can do to change your negative mindset. Um, and I just found her work to be really valuable. Uh, I found that what I've learned from her really helped to shift my consciousness into a way more prosperous mindset. And I will say that it does make a difference to my business. You know, one of the things that I've also done is I put positive affirmations around money where I can see them every day. So every day, that's mm-hmm. where my brain is going. It's not going towards something negative. Mm-hmm. It's going towards that. So those are some simple things. And another book that I really recommend for going in and doing some deep healing work is a book written by financial therapist Barry Tesler called The Art of Money. Now, Barry, yeah. I've also taken her program, The Art of Money. It is deeply healing. So I've done work with both Barry Tesler's programs and with Denise Duffield Thomas's programs, and these have completely shifted my money mindset. Now, also the other thing is, too, little daily habits that I've changed that are very different than what my parents did. You know, in order to change my money mindset, I know that one of the things I like to do is pay attention to it. So every day I keep track of every bit of money that comes in, and that way I'm always Mm -hmm. looking at it. And, you know, always paying attention to it. I think that's very critical for helping stay aligned with, wow, money keeps coming in. Even if I find like a dime on the street, I keep track of that. Money is coming in. So it really helps. Does that make sense? I love it. Absolutely. Yes. What about you? Did you have any negative money mindsets that you had to overcome? And what did you do to change your view on it? You know, I did, and and it's very interesting because I've talked about the way that my family is kind of divided both ethnically and religiously in the past, um, and it, which is very typical for South Central Texan families to pull from two really different, like, uh, rootstocks. And part of the difference is also financial. One side of my family the lineage is, you know, they have been and still are doctors, lawyers, white-collar professionals. 
that are, you know, middle class, upper middle class earners, and that has been pretty consistent. And then the other side of my family is, you know, very poor, very rural, um, you know, not finishing high school, right? Like, you know, very, um, you know, uh, very blue collar, working in factories, um, you know, in East Texas and in Louisiana, and just, you know, really lacking many resources. And so that was a really interesting culture to grow up in because I kind of saw both the best and the worst of both sides. And and so, you know, I saw like, I you know, I saw the value in having resources, but I also saw the way that, you know, you how how it can very easily become a thing where money substitutes for presence, right, or right for on. love or for an intimate relationship. And so I was really aware of that on the one hand. And then on the other hand, I was really aware of how there was almost an attitude with some of my family members who did not have money of, you know, um, that that they it was almost like they reveled in their poverty is the way yeah. that I would say it and and that also you know to the point where like they would make fun of me like that I wanted to go to college you know and that that also I think is really damaging and so you know for me a lot of my a lot of my personal money healing and I really love the work of Barry Tesler mm-hmm. as well her art of money program is incredible her blog posts are just wonderful you know her money mocha series is fantastic Mm -hmm. and her book the art of money is great you know she's a somatic um practitioner which means that she locates a lot of your your like your resistance or the tangles or the knots around money in the body and teaches you how to find them in your body and i think that that can be really really helpful and so you know i had to do a lot of healing with kind of reconciling these two different, very different sets of experiences around money and find the attitudes and the mindsets around money that really worked for me. And, you know, when I started my business, I was married and very quickly we got pregnant. And so Mm -hmm. as a mom, my, as a, you know, as a young mother and then the mother of now a, a little boy who's about to turn seven, like, our financial needs have also really changed. And so that's another thing that I think has been a big wake up for me is the understanding that my relationship with money, like any relationship is a dynamic and changing relationship that there are years where I haven't needed as much. There are years where I've needed more and kind of like being able to see that I think has been really, really helpful. And another practice that I really love is one that Fabeku, who has also been a guest on our show, um, talks about in his in his uh, money work, which is writing a love letter to money. And mm-hmm. I think that that is really profound because I've seen people do it, and it's really interesting, the stuff that comes up, and you can just see it right there on the page, like, wow, that's what I actually think about money, you know, and, and that might be a real problem if I want to make money, or, you know, if right. I want to charge what I'm worth. So I, I think that this is something, and I think that then our cultural overlays, you know, I think everyone has money mindset issues to work through, no matter how good you are with money or not. Yep. Like, I think that there is stuff to work through. I agree. Now, of course, you are my favorite person when it comes to all things ritual-oriented. So, you know, we've talked about some of the things about changing our mindset, but what are some of the rituals that you do to attract prosperity to your business? Oh, I love prosperity rituals so much, so I was super excited to see this question. Um, so I'm, I've mentioned in previous shows working with a lodestone, which is, you know, a natural magnet. It's magnetized iron ore, basically. And this is very old school, and I really, really love love doing this. And so, you know, with your lodestone, you get a lodestone, and you put money under your lodestone. You feed your lodestone with magnetic sand, and then you take that money, you know, so – Typically, I do this with the moon cycle. So, at the new moon, 
at the dark moon, the day before mm-hmm. the new moon, I will wash my lodestone off and I will put it under its favorite tree and I will just give it the day off. The new moon comes around and I anoint my lodestone with like a Jupiter oil. Jupiter is a really good planet to work with for financial abundance and prosperity. And then I will set it on its plate and I will put money, cash money underneath it and I'll sprinkle it with some magnetic sand. I let that go right up to the full moon. And then on the full moon, I take that cash money out from under the lodestone and I put it in my wallet and I will spend it, you know, as we spend cash, right, throughout throughout the day, throughout the week, you know, whatever. And the idea there is that the money that I'm spending is magnetized. So as I put it out into the world, it is going to go out and actually draw more money to me and to my mm-hmm. wallet. And I have been doing this for years, and I find it to be deeply effective. So I really love that tradition. Um, I also always set, I have a little money blessing that I do every day, and I anoint my hands because as a tarot reader and a ritualist and a writer, my hands are how I make my living. And so I anoint my hands with an oil, Usually, again, I, I work with Jupiter and Pluto because those are both really strong in my, in my personal chart, and they're both associated with finances. So I anoint my hands with my oils, and then I say a money blessing over my workspace, and I do that every single day. And, and I find that the difference between when I do that and if I forget to do that is pretty – pretty pretty remarkable actually um another thing that i do that is kind of a fun girly thing to do is i get my nails painted i go and i get manicures and pedicures and i always have gold on my nails i might have like a color but i'll always have gold glitter or i'll have gold nail polish so that everything that i touch is touched by gold so those are just like a few of the of the little things that I do. Um and I also pay attention to astrology. You know, we've talked yep. about this before, but I pay attention my second house is uh is kind of split between Aries and Taurus. And so th- that, you know, as I as I paid attention, I kind of see the ways that I like to generate money and also the ways that I like to manage money. And so those are those are important and I give to charities as a magical act. When I when I make money, I give to the charity of my choice. Um not a huge amount usually. Usually it's pretty minimal amount, but I give something as a thank you. So those are just some of the, the things that I do magically to create that that sphere of prosperity mm-hmm. is kind of how I think of it. You know, what about you, Teresa? Because I know that you do magical stuff too. Well, my big ritual to attract prosperity always happen around the new moon um, because I'm also really big on astrology. Astrology is, you know, it's my secret thing. Uh, even though I'm known as a tarot yeah. lady, I've been, I started studying astrology before I got into tarot, and uh, I always like to say astrology is like my side thing. Um, you know, tarot's my main, my main girl. <laughs> I'm astrology, uh-huh. the one on the side, but um, I use astrology really for my business, and I watch all the cycles very carefully to know, first of all, to time things, to make sure that they are in my benefit, and to also um, work with energy when it's not in my benefit. You know, when things are going negative in your chart, that doesn't mean, oh, my God, you're doomed. It means, okay, let's pay attention here. So astrology is really my big magical thing, if you want to call it that. And what I like yeah. to do in the new moon is every new moon I sit down and I write out my ten wishes. And I learned this from Jan Spiller, who has a book called New Moon Astrology. And I always put in at least one wish around astrology it doesn't matter what or it's not astrology excuse me around money and prosperity it doesn't matter um you know what the new moon is in i always make sure that there's something in there about my business my business success and having a prosperous business so those are like the really simple things of the rituals that i do to attract prosperity i love that i love it so much those are so great so you know 
we have been talking about money and we've been talking about prosperity and I would like to widen the scope and bring in business as a whole. So what are some easy ways that you have that you work with to bring magic into your business? Are there any rituals or habits that you do, Teresa, that really keep your business hopping, keep it flowing? Well, one of the things that I like to do, which is really simple, is every time I put out a newsletter, I always send it out with a prayer and gratitude. And I really think that that sounds so silly, but, you know, I'm always grateful for having people open the newsletter and decide to do business with me. So that's one thing. The other thing I do is I keep a gratitude list. I'm very big on that because just writing down gratitude, like maybe I might have gratitude for a specific client who referred people to me. Um, Maybe I might have gratitude around, you know, a day where client work went really well or a full calendar. I love doing gratitude work because that's just a real simple habit or ritual that seems to keep business, you know, hopping. It's not just enough to be marketing. I mean, of course, duh, marketing keeps your business hopping. But to have an attitude of gratitude around your marketing, to really love and appreciate every client that comes your way, that is one of the most simple ways to keep that beautiful energy flowing. And also taking time to thank people. Again, this is it may not sound like this is magical stuff, but there's magic in gratitude. There's magic in thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. I think that that is something that puts really good energy out there. Now, the other thing that I do, which I think is very much an energetic practice, is if I have a client that isn't a good fit for me, I always refer them. I always mm-hmm. do. Because to me, that is sending love out to my peers and colleagues, and I've got so many trusted colleagues, I'm so lucky. And I think what it does then is is also it's a way of showing the universe and even the people I work with that there's plenty of work out there. There's plenty of work. And I always do have plenty of work. So something's working with that. Another daily practice that I have, which I alluded to earlier, is I pay attention to the money that comes my way. So this is a habit I picked up from Denise Duffield-Thomas. At the end of the day, I write down how much money came in. So that way I'm looking at it. And I believe it was her that said money likes to be paid attention to. If you pay attention mm-hmm. to it, it will keep on coming. But if you don't pay attention to it, it's going to get your attention. So those are like just really simple little rituals that seem to keep my business hopping. Gratitude and paying attention and really thanking clients but also referring people when you can't serve that client. What about you? Do you have any like little rituals or habits that keep your business hopping? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love everything that you said, and I really agree with you that, you know, gratitude. And I think sometimes we have this idea that magic has to be like the candles or the incense or, or the what have you. And, you know, magic can be super, super practical. And so, like, thanking people, I think, is huge. Um, mm. One of the most magical things that I did in my business, and I did this early on, and it's going to sound really silly, but I swear it made a huge difference, is I decided I wanted to be able to sign my emails with an X and an O. You know, that's like shorthand for hug and kiss. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have the kind of clients and I wanted to have the kind of relationship with my clients where I could sign my emails that way and and not have to have a more like professional, you know, sign off um, the way that a lot of people do. Right. And that I, I was super clear about it and, and it felt like such a small thing. But as soon as I was super clear about it, the clients where that wouldn't have been appropriate left my orbit completely. And I have not had any clients or any students come in since I did that. And, I mean, I did this like the first year of my business that were not really good fits for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it so it worked almost as a filter. It's almost an automatic and, and my And as a result, my community – is I think one of the most genuine, sincere, and caring communities like out there. You know, I get on the phone with my students. I've been doing my Miracle Tree one-on-one calls, and you know, 
everyone asks me, like, how are you feeling? It's the very first thing that they ask. They're not asked because, you know, I'm, I'm pregnant, all right, as we, as we do the show and we release it into the world. That's why people are asking me how I'm feeling. And, and it's the very first thing they ask. You know, it's not like, what can I do for them? They want to check in and see how I am. And to me, that is just absolutely magical, you know, and it, and it, and it speaks to the whole of my business. So that is one of my most favorite things. Another thing that I do, and I see this as very magical, is I invest in people and in trainings that will help me do business better. So I pay for premium web hosting. Mm -hmm. And the person who hosts my website is an actual person. And whenever there's a problem... I can get in touch with him, and he gets right in touch back with me. I spend a lot more on website hosting than I would if I went through a company like Bluehost or, you know, whatever all the different companies are. But I am putting – I know exactly where my money is going. I know exactly who it's going to. And I see that as a kind of tithing to my business. You know, I am spending this money – to support my business as a whole. I do the same thing with a bookkeeper, right? Yep. So so those things, to me, carry a lot of magical significance around business. And another thing that I do is very much like you, I have a gratitude practice. And so I always write down something that I am grateful for at the end of my day. Mm-hmm. And, I all, and I also because I have a morning ritual series that I do, I also, all of my students that I'm working with that are in my big classes, I have their names, and I just sit quietly, and I think of each of them. I literally have a list that I read, and I send them blessings. So so those are some of the things that I do that I think have had a huge impact in my business. There's a book also I'd love to recommend called Attracting Perfect Customers. It's The Power of Strategic Synchronicity. The authors are Stacy Hall and Jan Bragnias, Bragnias, B-R-O-G-N-I-E-Z. It's a really neat book that also has a lot to do around, you know, just changing the way you're looking at business and dealing with it. And it's great. They've got some really great advice in there on how to keep your business hopping with some really simple exercises that you can do. So I really recommend that book as well. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I've not heard of that one. It's awesome. So, you know, we talked a little bit about people that sometimes come and steal, right? And they come out of yeah. that because of a scarcity mindset. So can you give some examples of maybe some magical practices that might protect a business? I think this is important. Yeah, this is super, super important. So, you know, one thing that I really like to do to protect my business, and and this is, again, this is like old school magic, is I have my business cards, like, oh, I have one business card and copies of my incorporation papers in what I call a salt jar. And I actually have a blog post on how to make a salt jar. We can put that up um, so people can check it out. But it's a salt jar. It's basically a sacred vessel, right? So magically, we've used vessels and containers forever. I mean, there have been archaeological digs where they've found horns filled with medicinal herbs and eggshells filled with, you know, various roots and things for protection or healing or whatever. So, you know, putting things into containers with a magical intention is something that people have done for all time. And so the idea with the salt jar, salt is is a very ancient protective substance. So it is protective and it is also purifying, right? It's used as a as a preservative even today. And if you're preserving something, you're both protecting it and you're purifying it. So I create I create a salt jar, and so the basic ingredient is salt in a mason jar, right? This is very, very elaborate, as you can tell. And then <laughs> I put in certain certain herbs and roots that I associate with business. So one of those for me is peony, 
root, which is often associated with women and women's money and women's businesses. Um, I put in vanilla leaf because it is sweet and it has to do with articulation and clarity. I also put in things like a little pinch of uh, black pepper because black pepper and red pepper are both often considered very protective as well. And then I have copies of my business documents, my legal documents, and like my brand, you know, my logo, things like that that I put into this jar. And so, you know, the idea is I created a little contained, protected space that my business artifacts live in and the salt doesn't hurt anything right they're just they just hang out there and then whenever I feel that I've got somebody coming in um, who maybe is a threat or I feel like some you know some external threat might be coming into my business I will work with that jar you know I'll bless it I'll shake it I'll burn a candle over it there's different things that I do and so it's very simple it's really uh, stripped down and inexpensive to make, and I have found it to be super, super effective. Um, another very practical thing that I have done is I have a business attorney, right? This is somebody who I maybe contact once a year, but I have someone that I can contact if something starts to go awry because I'm a Libra, so I like to have my legal ducks very much in a row, right? That's part of my jam. And uh, and so those are those are two of the things that I like to do to protect my business. And you know the other thing that I do that I think is very protective is I have business goals, and this is something that we've talked about, Teresa. Mm -hmm. And I think you make a list of business goals at the new moon. You had mentioned you know Jan Spiller's book. I have business goals, and I think that a big part of protection for your business is not getting off track, not getting sidelined. So, you know, yep. somebody does something shitty, right? Like, fine, deal with it however you need to deal with it, but don't let it take your eye off the ball. And so I put those business goals, like, up front and center at my desk so I can see them. And before I do something, I will ask, you know, is this serving one of these goals? And if I can't answer that question definitively, then I won't do it. And right. that is like, that's something I do that I think really has helped protect my business. What about you? What do you do? Because I know you've had some tricky situations with this kind of stuff. Well, let me tell you, I am going to make myself a salt jar. <laughs> that's going to be the first order awesome. of business. That's happening ASAP because, you know, I have had lots of issues with business biters and plagiarists and, it's so weird. I always find that, that, you know, that kind of mentality, and again, people who do that, it's just weird. So I'm going to yeah. make me a salt jar. But, you know, one of the things <laughs> that I do <laughs> is I regularly cleanse my office. And so yeah. I do a cleansing. It's very simple. It's just smudge and also sprinkling a little Florida water uh, around my office and often, and I also put it out the front stairs. Uh, because this is just to like cleanse out negative energy. So I do a lot of cleansing. And I also, years ago, put a ring of salt around the home because my office is in my home. And, yeah. you know, for the most part, that, that helps. But obviously, I need a salt chair. <laughs> this is what I you need. You need a salt chair. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm going to get it. right on that. It. So you you just mentioned cleansing, and I want to go into that a little bit deeper. Um your your office is in your home. My office has been in my home before when I saw people in person. So what happens when you deal with a negative client? Do you have any magical practices or spiritual practices that you can recommend for cleansing and protecting your energy? Absolutely. First of all, that regular cleansing that I do, uh, if you have somebody that you've dealt with and it's really negative, you certainly want to Cleanse, cleanse, cleanse that office right away. And that's the easiest way to do this with a smudge stick. Um, however, if you don't like the smoke, which I'm not a big fan of the smoke. I'll do the smudge, yeah. you know, yeah. with Palo Santo or Sage. But oftentimes it kind of it can get cloying. And, and if you are seeing people in person, it may not be possible to do that, you know, all day long, especially if you have a mm -hmm. a bunch of people. So you can get like a smudge spray. 
uh, which I love. And I picked up a smudge spray when I was in Minneapolis at a store called Eye of Horus. Now that jar is it's down to like like the last few drops I have to buy some more. But it's this wonderful spray that I can spray around my office and it really does help to cleanse the energy. I also have a variety of sprays that I spray on myself that are for protection and cleansing. And one of them I got from my friend Shaheen Miro. It's called the Aura Elixir. I love it. It smells great. And it's really good for just protecting my energy. So those are some things that you can do. I also wear essential oils that are specifically for uh, protection and, you know, positive energy and abundance. I wear those like crazy. That's why I always smell so good. Um, and then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I always have tons of crystals around that are protective in nature. I like to wear a bracelet with hematite on it, which is also very protective. Mm-hmm. So these are all things I do, but... The other thing I like to do is regular energy work to protect my um, energetic boundaries. And once again, I'm going to recommend another book. There's a book that, I mean, I've got a couple different meditation books that I've used for that. But one of my favorites is this book called Energy Vampires by Dorothy Harbour. I'm telling you, they really work. But I, I realize that I've got to do it on a way more regular basis to keep that energy solid so again mm-hmm. this meditative mm-hmm. work that i've learned from the book energy vampires my essential oils burning incense or spraying that smudge spray these are all things that really help to keep the energy cleansed and protected and also taking a good hot shower is such yeah. a good way to wash off negative energy and just visualize that stuff floating down the drain and just going away yeah. What about you? Yep. You know, very, very similar, right? Um, I also, I like sprays a lot. Um, I have asthma, so I have to be really careful with, like, smoky stuff. And I, uh, but I love sprays. And Shelly Henry, uh, her company is called Gutheress, and she makes a fabulous spray that is a sweet grass. Mm. and it smells incredible you know and i i love to use it in my office and i love to use it in my bedroom as well so her sweet grass spray is one of my favorites there is another woman whose name is rebecca altman and she makes a boundary spray i believe it's called thorn and bramble that i actually just got um about a month ago and i freaking love it i've been using it in my office and it has a hawthorn in it among other things and you know hawthorn is a very old plant that's been used to demarcate boundaries um between, you know, mundane spaces and magical spaces. So it's really appropriate to use in, like, my office space where we've got, you know, magical work that's happening and we have all the practical considerations of running a business. So those are two that I really like. Um, I also, and I teach my students this, I have a physical gesture that I do over myself to bless and seal myself and seal my energy before I start my day. And so for me, because I was raised in a family that's half Catholic, it looks, it's basically the Catholic cross that you make over yourself. Um, the cross has a lot of symbolism behind it that's way before Christianity gets its hands on it. And so, you know, for me, the cross is about matter and spirit meeting at the center. And so I form, I make that physical gesture over myself. I have students who do prayer position that we do in yoga or before certain kinds of Buddhist uh, meditation practices. You know, people have all different gestures that they make. But I think that having a physical gesture to seal yourself and say, this is my space, this is my energy is really a good thing to do. And I also find that when I go into a charge situation, like with a negative client, with that happening, then I am a lot more able to navigate whatever needs to be navigated. And then washing my hands in between sessions, in between different kinds of work, um, I, I wash my hands just like a doctor does, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I sing happy birthday because 
Most of us, when we wash our hands, we don't wash them long enough. So my godmother, who's a doctor, said, if you sing happy birthday when you wash your hands, it really gives you the right amount of time. And so that's what I do. And I have soaps like lemon verbena that are cutting. They have a very clean, crisp, cutting scent. So we're just washing the energy, good, bad, or neutral, from whatever I was doing away so that now I'm ready to go into the next thing, fresh and clean. I love that. I love that. So we've mentioned a couple places where people might be able to find supplies and information about Magic for Business. So we should probably go over the supplies in the books again, just so people have a little list. So some of the um, things we we mentioned is the book, The Art of Money by Barry Tesler. She also has a program called The Art of Money. It's a real deep dive. It's really intense. It's going to clean that stuff out. From the inside out and the outside in, it help you to develop great um, habits around money for your business so you can succeed, and your personal life as well. We also mentioned Denise Duffield-Thomas, the lucky bitch. She's got a book. She's got a program. She's got an excellent blog. I love her newsletter. She's fabulous. She's got great work for changing your money mindset. Two other books I recommended is Attracting Perfect Customers by Stacy Hall and Jan Brognios. I'm not probably not pronouncing that right. And also for energy work, Energy Vampires by Dorothy Harbour is a fantastic way to put up some psychic self-protection. The spray that I mentioned is from the Eye of Horus in Minneapolis, and it's called a smudge spray, and it is great for protecting your business. Bree, what about some of the things that you've mentioned? So one of the things that I mentioned is a load stone, and that is spelled L-O-D-E-S. T-O-N-E. And lodestones can be purchased from different spiritual supply companies, but my favorite supplier is Lucky Mojo Curio Company. So you can look them up online. They have a ton of different uh, spiritual supplies, mostly in the hoodoo conjure tradition, but their lodestones are really top-notch. I also mentioned the sweet grass spray that is made by Shelly Henry, and her company is called Gather Us, and you can find her, I believe, on Etsy. Shelly also makes a fantastic line of zodiac-based and planetary oils, and so I mentioned I use a Jupiter oil and a Pluto oil, and both of those oils that I use are also made by her. And I also mentioned Rebecca Altman, and she has a boundary spray called Thorn and Bramble, which is incredible. It's really, really good, and I highly recommend it. And since we were talking about different ways to increase prosperity, I also have a book recommendation that I would like to share. This is called Glamour Magic, The Witchcraft Revolution to Get What You Want, and it is by Deborah Castellano. And it is fantastic. It's published by Llewellyn, and it's, it really is about glamour and how to work with this concept of glamour. But if you're interested in money magic or prosperity or anything like that, this is a book that is super useful for you to have. And there is another book that is called The Gift, I believe, and it is about artists and money and the the some of the money mindset issues that we have talked about and you know some of some of the the difficulties that come up when artists are you know dealing any kind of artist any kind of creative person is you know creating something where they do need to get paid but they're not quite sure how to do that. So I'm trying to see who wrote it. Lewis Hyde is the author. So it's L-E-W-I-S-H-Y-D-E. And the book is called The Gift. And it is creativity and the artist in the modern world. So it's about those issues of being creative and being artistic and then having to deal with modern necessity. (laughs) Beautiful. So 
That's a lot for people oh, to look right. at. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yes, we get we we hope you enjoy the resources. We Teresa and I both like to read and uh, recommend amazing products. So you know, there you have it. So this wraps up this episode of Talking Shop. I kind of can't believe it. T, what was your biggest takeaway from this discussion? That I need a salt jar, like immediately. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the biggest thing that that comes out of this. Is like I'm going to be doing a salt jar and putting that sucker out there. And, yeah, that's my big thing. So I'm all about the salt jar now. You got me into it. <laughs> what about you? You? <laughs> you, need, you need a salt jar. <laughs> I yeah, it. I probably uh, need, like, uh, a, a, an ocean-sized <laughs> one. <laughs> you do. You need, yeah, you need, like, the extra, extra large. Um, yeah, yeah, like a salt really, uh, barrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, like a salt bath. Um, I really love that you brought up that you brought up money mindsets um because i think that it i just think it's something that we always need to be visiting and paying attention to yeah so i really loved that you know i think that that's like you're right that goes to the root of the problem and that's really what needs to be addressed right on we always got to go to that root so time now to close up shop and before we do sign off a happy reminder if you love talking shop don't forget you can listen to all of the previous shows for free on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Just look for Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree, and you'll find all the episodes there. You can also visit the Talking Shop archives on my page, thetarolady.com. Click on Free Resources, hop on down to Talking Shop, which is located right under Podcasts. You'll find everything there. And if you like this show, please leave a kind review on iTunes, because this is going to help more metaphysical business owners find their way to Talking Shop. And Brie, where can they find this on your site? So same deal, you guys. Go to com. Go to Books and Resources. Click on the tab Free Resources, and you will find the latest Talking Shop episode that is live and ready for you to listen to, as well as all of the archived shows. Groovy. All right, folks, that's a wrap for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it, and please join us again next month for another round of Talking Shop. Until then, you can find me, Teresa, at thetarolady.com. Bree, where can they find you? And you can all find me at com. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. We hope that you keep taking action to build the mystical business of your dreams. Stay on your grind and make it a great month. We know you will. 